Welcome to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. This week, City of Tucson voters cast ballots in the Democratic primary for Tucson mayor. We talked with the winner and the other major candidate on the November ballot. We also sit down with two local journalists to talk about the results and what's next. When the votes were counted Tuesday night, City Councilwoman Rahina Romero emerged with nearly 50% of the vote in the Democratic mayoral primary, beating former state lawmaker Steve Farley and developer Randy Dorman. Joining us to break down the results are Dylan Smith, editor and publisher of the Tucson Sentinel, and Sarah Garrett Gasson, editorial page editor for the Arizona Daily Star. I wasn't surprised that she came out on top, I was surprised by the margin between her and the other two candidates. I, I was thinking we would have a much closer race than that. I'd, you know, maybe not a cliffhanger. And, you know, we've gotten so accustomed to uh, election counts that go on and on and on, uh, you know, especially in our congressional races and last year with the Senate and all of that. But for it to be over, you know, so definitively, as soon as the very first results came out, it was, uh, you know, something a little bit unusual around here when it comes to our elections. What happened? Why was it so wide? I think, you know, what some people refer to derisively often as the Grijalva machine, uh, you know, it, th this is a group of people that really know how to run a campaign and uh, have an effective <laughs> round game and get people to show up to the polls. They're very, very organized and focused about getting people, well, in, in this case, not actually to the polls, but to get their ballots in right. and tracking that very carefully. Yeah, there were a lot of people um, who turned in their ballots Tuesday, um, the day of the election. And in an, what's supposed to be a mail-in election, I mean, of course, people sometimes don't want it to get lost in the mail or, you know, whatever the fear is. So they turn it in. But I had friends turning their ballot in at uh, the clerk's offices and there was a line. So I think that I was surprised that that was happened, that there was that sort of late turn in people voting late, but with the margin being so high. Uh, Randy Dorman picked up about 5,000 votes. Did she cost Steve Farley this election? The margin was about 6,000. I don't think so. I think it was either Rahina was clearly the first choice, but I don't think that Randy being in the race cost Steve votes. I think maybe if you were going with the sort of sense of the times and wanted to vote for a woman, I heard a lot of people say they wanted to vote for a woman to be mayor of Tucson. Um, I think maybe that may have taken some votes from Rahina. But I don't think that Randy being in the race cost Steve the election. Yeah, I don't have any good sense that uh, Dorman being on the ballot took more votes away from either one of the other two candidates. If anything, it was kind of a you know a, a wash in between, and uh, you know certainly I you know she ran a pretty good campaign. You know, mm -hmm. credible. Uh, you know, was was uh, active about you know getting out some specifics about uh, her stances on some issues. So maybe numerically she was a bit of a spoiler for both of them, but I think she also just got some votes in her own right. Maybe Randy Dorman pulled away some of the centrist business community vote from Steve Farley. You know, she had the Chamber of Commerce endorsement and, uh, you know, other business organizations backing her. 
but she also may have pulled, you know, some of the people who, as you said, all, all other things being equal, wanted to vote for a woman and just, you know, picked her instead of Regina Romero. This race in the Democratic primary for mayor, it got a little nasty towards the end. Steve Farley accusing uh, Regina Romero essentially of cozying up with Trump uh, donors and, and getting outside dollars. And we, we heard that the other way with, right. uh, you know, uh, Romero's campaign calling uh, Steve Farley the, the Jim Click candidate. Exactly. All that didn't play in, though. It looks like uh, people ignored all the noise. I think of anything that uh, sort of the the mailers and the negative attacks on uh, on Regina Romero, I think probably motivated some people to get out and vote for her to um, kind of counteract that and to kind of they were. I don't know if it would be described as negatively motivated, but they wanted to cast their vote to defend uh, Regina Romero against those sort of attacks. So I think that may have backfired. It was an interesting election, you know, it being a Democratic primary and, uh, you know, our, our, our first contested one in, you know, legitimately contested one in quite a while going into a general that uh, at least seemingly won't be as uh, hot and heavy, not having any Republican on the ballot, you know, really changes how this race was won. And I, we saw a lot of sort of general election style tactics that were employed in the primary, whereas, you know, usually you were trying to turn out your most committed base in a primary. There were some tactics that were sort of the, were, where you try and essentially turn people off and suppress the vote. And, you know, hope that your base turns out instead. And I think you may be right that a little bit of that may uh, backfired because things you know, in the last uh, couple of weeks just went a little bit over the top in that respect. But I also think that I'm not counting Ed Ackerley out, but I think that many voters probably and to a degree, a lot of the folks, you know, that are around this table may have been seeing this Democratic primary for mayor as the race. Ed Ackerley has an uphill battle as an independent um, against Regina Romero in the general, but for all practical purposes, in Ward 1 and then in the mayoral Democratic primary, this was the big race. That was Dylan Smith with the Tucson Sentinel and Sarah Garrett Gasson with the Arizona Daily Star. We'll hear more from them later in the show. Rahina Romero, the winner of Tuesday night's Democratic mayoral primary, talked with Arizona Public Media's Lorraine Rivera the morning after the election. Romero said the themes of the campaign will be the same going forward. Uh, we're not going to change. This is the message that I've worked hard for the last 12 years on the city council, and um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go on to the general with. Uh, talking about the quality of life issues that I've been talking about throughout the primary, how we fund our roads, how we continue funding our parks, our public safety. Um, we will continue talking about um, economic development issues, the effects of climate change in Tucson and our community, and how we boldly act on climate as, as a community. And so um, those are the issues that brought us to this point, and we're going to continue having that discussion with the general election voters. I know we've talked about this before. Coming up on the ballot will be an initiative about sanctuary cities, highly contentious, very controversial. 
If you're elected mayor, how do you handle the legal challenges that will likely ensue given that Arizona would be in the spotlight? Well, I have um, said that I, as, as the initiative is written, I do not support it uh, because of the concerns that we have with um, the state legislature and the governor coming after our state shared revenue. Uh, saying that, I believe that the voters have a choice in November of, of making a decision about what they want with this initiative. If the voters pass this initiative, then I will defend the will of the voters. Uh, first, because I've always maintained that the state legislature and the governor have been trying to micromanage the city of Tucson for at least 10 years or more. And since the city of Tucson and its residents are so, we're democratic voters, we're a democratic city, um, we feel that uh, the state legislature should, um, should give us autonomy as a city, as a chartered city, uh, to make the decisions that we feel um, Tucson residents believe in. I wish we would have been able to have a discussion with those people that wrote the Sanctuary City Initiative uh, because 60% of what that initiative calls for, we already do in the city of Tucson. Romero has made no secret of her opposition to President Trump and his policies, but will that play into the race for mayor? When I hit the doors, I heard people saying, yes, I'm going to vote for mayor, but I am so concerned about what's happening in um, in D.C. I have faith that Tucsonans uh, want someone uh, to take a stand against uh, racist rhetoric, uh, against the hate and division that, um, that Trump is, is spewing out. And I know that you don't have to be a Democrat to know that. I know that um, independents and Republicans even uh, don't accept that or tolerate that uh, behavior. This sounds like a very emotional topic for you. I mean, this is something mm. you feel strongly about. Are you, how are you envisioning the next few months, you know, maintaining that balance of, yes, I'm a candidate for mayor, I feel strongly, but I've got to be <clears throat> careful because you don't want to say the wrong thing to create the wrong attention in this community. Um, I think people want to see authenticity in their elected officials. Uh, it's no time to, uh, to think about what are the political consequences to me um, when there are these types of issues that are happening. It's about taking the right stand. It's about being a fierce fighter for the right thing. And so, um, yes, absolutely, there are going to be people that are against what I have to say. Um, but I've been truthful with the, with the voters and the residents of Tucson. They know exactly where I stand on these issues. Um, and that is the reason why they've elected me as their Democratic nominee. People are ready uh, to have someone that will stand up for their principles and their ethic and fight for what is right uh, without stopping to think, should I do this because it's not going to be good for me? That was Democratic mayoral nominee Rahina Romero talking with Lorraine Rivera.
You can see more with Romero on Arizona 360 on PBS 6. This week we're reviewing Tuesday's mayoral primary election in the city of Tucson and looking ahead to the November election. Tucson businessman Ed Ackerley qualified as a mayoral candidate in January. He's running as the only independent, which means he didn't have a primary race. I think it's a double-edged sword. The fact that I'm an independent and running only in the general election is kind of a, a blessing, but it's also been a challenge. The blessing is, is that I'm in the general election. I'm the only one on the ballot for many months, and it's been an interesting few few weeks and months. But I'll also say that it also presented a challenge because the primary had folks that were running against each other and lots of st action going on. So the media kind of focused on the Democratic primary and even the debates. I went to half a dozen debates, but I wasn't invited to another several dozen of them because there was so much focus on the primary. So it does create a challenge for a, a candidate that makes it to the general and waiting for a, an opponent because the attention is drawn away from that uh, particular uh, uh, person, depending on what the situation is. So how do you how do you draw attention? Well, you have to just talk about the issues and get with the folks that are going to be your voting base and talk with them about the issues in advance. And that's what we've been doing. Since you've been out on the campaign trail, as you said, you declared in January. Anything change? What you thought was really important in January is an issue now that we're into August, September, well, I guess sanctuary cities would be the one thing that sticks out. Uh, that has come up and voter-approved initiative on the ballot, and I think that's going to probably drive some turnout for the general election, which I think for me would probably be a benefit because people will be engaged in the process. But I will say that from my own personal campaign with the uh, platform that I've had, which is uh, public safety and transportation and roads and economic development and parks and the things that the charter says that we're supposed to be doing. I've been talking about the same thing all the way along, so my particular platform hasn't changed. However, I have noticed that the Democratic side in the primary did go through quite a metamorphosis of changing and moving to the middle and moving back to the issues that I've been talking about because by charter that's what uh, the city council and the mayor are supposed to be doing is those things that are municipal services. So I would say n not for me personally other than sanctuary cities and then uh, for the Democrats, I think a lot of them have come towards the middle. When you and I last talked about Sanctuary City, you were against it. Mm -hmm. Has that changed at all? Not at all. Actually, I'm vehemently opposed to the process. I was actually at a function recently where uh, one of the current sitting city council members and I were having a conversation. And, you know, Tucson is one of the few cities that already has amended its uh, orders for the police as to be respectful and, and not and do the things that the, the, the initiative is actually asking them. We're already doing that. So my point is an economic point. There, there might be as much as $150 million at stake in uh, state funds. But more important than that, I think this is even more important, that if we uh, label ourselves a sanctuary city uh, with the November election, we are basically telling people from you know Provo to Tallahassee, from Green Bay to Corpus Christi, don't come to Tucson. We're a sanctuary city. And that's the middle part of the country is really, uh, that's a that's a bad thing to them. And they don't want to, would not want to come and support our city, which then affects our sales tax revenue, it affects our hotel bed tax, it affects so many things that is contrary to what we're trying to help these people. But if we deplete the general fund because people stop coming to Tucson or half the country stops coming to Tucson, I think we've just done ourselves a disservice, not only for the short term, but mostly for the long term. And I don't think we want to be labeled. They say there's 135 cities that have 
labeled themselves sanctuary cities, most of them in California, I think. But, uh, you know, it's not a good thing for the city of Tucson. We can find other ways to solve the problem of how we, we, we treat people with respect and dignity as they come across uh, to try to get into our country. Let's talk about the fact that you're running as an independent. This is the first time possibly ever, but we're saying in a really long time, um, right. but possibly ever that an independent has been on the ballot. Why did you decide to run as an independent? Math, arithmetic. There are about uh, less than 60,000 registered Republicans. There's 80,000 registered independents, and there's about 120, 29,000 registered Democrats in the city of Tucson. And if you just do the math, uh, that's the reason that the Republicans have not been able to line up a formidable candidate because the numbers just don't uh, stack up anymore. Back when Bob Walkup and, and Lou Murphy and some of the other mayors that were uh, Republican, they were able to garner a more middle-of-the-road Democratic Party and also the, the Republicans. But a lot of Republicans have moved out of the city or have become independents. And so uh, the important thing is is to get enough votes on November 5th to win the election. So we, we made a calculated move that the only way that we would be able to compete against the Democratic machine would be to run as an independent, pick up the Republican votes, pick up the independent vote. Right there, that would give you enough probably to do it. But I think we're also going to pick up some votes from the uh, losing sides of the Democratic pr uh, primary process. I think that a couple of those uh, candidates will have some people that say, I just can't vote for the person that got the nomination, so we're going to go with the independent. So I think it's a path to victory that no one gave us credit for. Um, back in January and February, they said there's no way for that you're going to be able to do this. And now I think I'm getting some credible traction. And people are saying, this guy has a real chance. And it, it gives you some flexibility. You're not tied into a party's platform. You you can pick and choose the things you actually believe in and then add in some of your own, I would right. assume. Well, I'm running as a Tucsonan. You know, I'm a lifelong Tucsonan, born and raised here, 60 years. And I've been watching the parade go by for the last 60 years. And, you know, I've, I've looked at this and said, you know, my leadership and expertise might be of value to the city to be able to bring these different sides together and... I just think that I'm not saying anything against the current city council because they've done a, a remarkable job, I would say. But, you know, when you're 701 party, the other party's viewpoint is not going to get seen very often. And there's going to be a lot of 70 votes on the council. And not that one guy is going to be able to change it. And it might be a lot of 6 1 votes. And the mayor really doesn't even vote until there's a tie. Ceremoniously, he does. But uh, it would normally just be the six council people. So, Obviously, I would have help uh, with the agenda. I control the agenda, and what's going to be on the council meeting uh, docket would be part of what my job would be. So I just think that we need to have a, a you know, I'm running as a Tucsonan, not as a Democrat or a Republican. This is my city, and I've lived here all my life. My kids live here. My grandkids live here. I want to do something that will help us for the next 50 years, and running as an independent and getting away from the vitriol of, of party politics, I think, is a... I think a lot of people in Tucson are ready for this. That was Ed Ackerley. He's running for mayor of Tucson as an independent. We now turn back to our local journalists, Sarah Garrett Gasson from the Arizona Daily Star and Dylan Smith from the Tucson Sentinel. We picked up our conversation talking about Ed Ackerley's chance of winning the mayor's seat in the November election. He has 
a chance. I think it's a slender chance. It's going to be, you know, a pretty uphill fight for him to, you know, get the money and continue to try and build a campaign organization. And there isn't, you know, a ready-made sort of campaign for him to pick up. The Republicans have pretty much fallen apart, closed up shop, basically, you know, as far as having, you know, a, a any sort of machine in city of Tucson elections. So he can't just go over to the Republican Party and knock on the door and have some instant effective help. So he has to try and build it all outside of a political party. And that's, you know, hard to do, very expensive. And there have been some, you know, uh, conservatives uh, saying that they're going to throw their weight behind his candidacy because they just can't stand Regina Romero for whatever litany of reasons that we hear from them. But I don't know once they start to really pay attention to what Ackerley is running on, if they're going to be that supportive. This is somebody who was a registered Democrat for his whole life. You know, uh, maybe a little bit more conservative than we are used to as far as Democrats go in Tucson, but the man registered as a Democrat in 1977 and only unregistered as one uh, in the beginning of this year. I mean, I've heard Democrats, some Democrats say that they were not supportive of Regina Romero as the candidate, so they're leaning toward Ackerley now. I don't think he's going to motivate the Republicans in the city of Tucson to come out and push against, you know, the Romero candidacy and for him once they get to know him. But for some folks, I'm sure there are any anyone but Regina Romero kind of voters out there. Ackerley's come out with some proposals that, uh, at least at first glance, would be more progressive than some of Romero's platform ideas. Uh, you know, he wants to make SunTran buses free for everyone to ride and extend light rail to every corner of uh, the city, basically build a much larger mass transit system and m- make the whole thing free. That's a, a pretty bold proposal, I would say. The big issue on the November ballot will be the sanctuary city. We expect Republicans to come out against it. Will that help Ackerley? Because more Republicans could be out in November voting and they look down at the ballot and say, Romero, Democrat, Ackerley, well, it doesn't say D next to his name. I'll vote for him. Sure. I think that's I think that's a real possibility. And I think that um, I don't know that that would be enough to overcome the the voter registration, but I think the Sanctuary City initiative will get some people out as a vote against Trump in the bigger picture. I think that will motivate a lot of folks, but I also think you're right that if you're a Republican motivated to vote against the, or a Democrat, because there are Democrats and independents who are against it as well, that could be, while I'm here, I'll just vote for Ed Ackerley because he's not the Democratic candidate. When it comes to the sanctuary city, Ackerley has come out against it. Romero has come out against it. The only people who are going to be on the November ballot who have come out solidly in favor of it will be the Green Party candidates. What about Lane Santa Cruz in Ward 1? She's been a little... She's nibbled around the edges. Yeah, she's, you know, said... believe she said she signed the petition but is not actively supporting its passage. So in our editorial board interview with the Ward 1 candidates, um, I pressed her on this because it was, well, if that's what the voters decide, that's what I'll support. Well, duh. So we pressed her and said, you know, are you going to vote for it? Would you vote for it? And she said, uh, yes, that she would. There's going to be, I would assume, 
a great deal of outside money coming into a no campaign against it. Uh, everybody's talking about it nationwide. Is there any way you see this passing? Um, it's I possible. It's possible, and I do wish that if it does fail, that it would fail because of, and I know this is living in a fantasy land, that this would be decided kind of in-house by Tucson voters, and which it will, but with a lot of outside money coming in. So I don't look forward to that outside influence and that, that those campaign signs and the commercials and everything that we're going to see. I wish if it does fail, that it would fail on its merits within the Tucson community. But yeah, you're going to see a giant um, national profile sort of holding us up as uh, San Francisco of the southern border. And um, it's, I don't know if it can win, probably not. Other things that have been things that we thought would do well once they got that no tax outside influence sort of campaign going they didn't really have a shot we may well see you know outside influence outside money coming in in favor of it if uh, you know a couple of the you know uh, liberal billionaires that conservatives like to hold up as you know the uh, you know Soros money, I guess, uh -huh. you know, some so if some Soros checks start flying, you know, we may see a much more well-funded uh, yes campaign as well as what we, I think, very reasonably expect to be a well-funded no campaign. What happens with Tucson city government if it wins? We've had uh, Regina Romero say if, if she were to win, she would uphold the will of the voters. We just talked about Lane Santa Cruz in Ward 1. If, if she proceeds through November, she would do the same. So what happens when the states start pulling shared revenue? Uh, I don't know if the city council, I mean, it would have to be another vote, right, to undo it. They couldn't yeah, the the council really has no choice. I mean, they, they have a choice in how vigorously they defend it in right. court. They don't have a choice about just making it go away. Uh, if this uh, initiative is approved by voters, it's set in law and cannot be undone except for by another vote. All right. We'll have to wait until November to see how that one plays out. Uh, Sarah, Dylan, thanks so much for sitting down with us. You bet. Thank you. That was Dylan Smith with the Tucson Sentinel and Sarah Garrett-Gasson with the Arizona Daily Star. And that's the buzz for this week. A look ahead at next week, we travel to Cochise County to talk about a new 28,000 home development plan near Benson. You can find all our episodes online at azpm.org and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Buzz Arizona. We're also on the NPR One app. Ariana Brocious is the show's producer and editor. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer. Andrea Kelly is the news director. Our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.